This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, and if he knew French, he'd know when to use the informal two, Ryan Nelson. <laughs> Justin, I'm glad we found out that Neagley, not the scooch-in type. No, she is not the scooch-in type. Uh, I think it's they're kind of hinting it towards uh, some of the things that we talked about her yeah. previously with, with that, but they're not coming out and saying it. So. Uh, but yeah, she is not the scooch-in type. So. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the sixth episode of the second season of Reacher on Prime Video titled New York's Finest. Whether or not you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon on only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. We haven't had uh, I haven't had either one of those things here recently, so we'd love it if you did so. If you do write us a review, though, on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. Uh, both of those things go a long, long way in getting the show into the ears of new listeners. If you'd like to interact with the show, you can do so. You can go to your email and go just go to your compose box and then send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments you would like to add uh, about the things that we're covering here on the podcast, we'd love to hear those. So just go to your email and send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. All right, so this is the sixth episode of Reacher, the second season of Reacher. Uh, just real quick before we get into specifics, your overall thoughts on this episode? Uh, enjoyed this episode again, man. This season has it's been really good. Yeah, it's been. I feel like th- about this time last season was where it kind of tailed off a little bit. I think that's yeah. when Reacher left Marva. Yeah, it was. And we were like, what, what is going on here? But this is really, I, I think the addition of the special investigators has really helped the season. I, you know, the, the four of them together are just a lot of fun to watch, and, and I'm enjoying them. Uh, Dominic Lombardozzi just had a fantastic episode. As you predicted, <laughs> I should have known that what you were up to, our last episode, Justin talks me out of giving him the (laughs) the Tyrion Lannister. Now I know why, because he knew he was going to get this episode. You sneaky dog. And then also, I mentioned, uh, why are they bringing up this kid's gaming? And you said something to the effect of, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. You knew dang well when they were. They yeah, were there's been a few times we've done that because, like you mentioned earlier, when they they had that one little scene in episode four where they're in the diner and then they just quickly brief uh, they break away to go to the lieutenant's office and you said there's got to be something more to this. Like, yeah, there there, there is. There's more. Yeah, to yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot yeah. more to that to say the least. Yeah, so. so now we yeah, it's a bunch of dirty cops. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that was that was interesting. As I watched this, I I immediately. Text Justin was like, "Well, now I know what you were after." Like when I brought up both those things, and you kind of pushed me away. It's like you were you were not you were getting us away from that. Uh, yeah, from like, future plots. We're, we're jumping so the gun a little bit on Dominic Lombardozzi, yeah. basically. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm with you. This is a good episode. Look, you sh- we should have known going into this episode. You know, this is going to be a Dominic Lombardozzi episode, a really good one for him because it's called New York's yeah. Finest. Um, 
And honestly, if I had no, if I, I don't pay attention to the when we get the screeners. Yeah, I, I don't know. either. But you're right; that should have been a dead giveaway. Yeah. So when I went back and did my notes, I was like, "Oh, Pun intended." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is this. I, this should have been a dead giveaway that this is a Dominic Lombardozzi episode." And it and it was. Uh, this is arguably the best performance. Look, he, he's not a huge star. He's very much uh, a character actor, a guy you bring in to play certain yeah. types of roles, and all, all kinds of TV shows. Yeah. The Wire, you know, we saw him in a Tulsa King. Yeah. yeah, so he comes in to do certain types of things, and he normally doesn't stray or vary too much from those 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 typical you know typecasting type roles. And in this episode, and we kind of started in the last episode, where we get a really emotional, uh, you know, showing a little bit more depth than what we've ever seen from this from this yeah. actor before, uh, and it was a really good episode for me. And it was you know surrounded by. Just another really good episode from the entire gang. So, uh, yeah, really good. And stuff. you know what else was a dead giveaway? He was going to get killed when Reacher gave him respect and said, "If we fight, I'm going to give you the first punch." Yeah. And that's... then he said, "I don't need your handouts." And Reacher said, "You probably don't," or something like that. Right. That was a dead giveaway. Something bad was going to happen to him. Yeah. So, uh, so this is where we are uh, now. I will say this: I've not seen seven or eight yet. I've had a chance to get, uh, watch either though. So, yeah. I'm going in blind, just I have, like. Have yeah uh yeah going in blind for these last two episodes so uh but i knew i was going over these two weeks of christmas like i'm gonna be kind of short on time so i watched ahead and made all the notes and all that type of stuff so uh so let's go ahead and get into it real quick uh we start off the episode so the bombing that took place at the very end of the previous episode um Swan is obviously still the the big topic of conversation uh, going forward here. Uh, Swan, this was the place that he was supposed to meet. Uh, that the assassin guy was supposed to meet Swan, and they're at the. It was at a playground, weren't they? weren't they sitting on a playground? When they yeah, they're at a playground. Yeah. Right, so they're on yeah. a playground discussing what's happening with the bombing. Reacher still doesn't believe that Swan is dirty. Uh, he is not. Fi- yeah. He is not buying into it at all. And we'll obviously talk a little bit more about uh, that here in just a second. But as they're discussing all this stuff. Um, they basically they find uh, Marlo Burns car uh, and so what they decide to go to her house and while they're doing that Russo is going to go track down some mystery person that he doesn't give his name for at the time we'll find out later who that's about uh, the, but this opening sequence where they're just discussing things then Russo pops up what were your thoughts as we got started with this thing man we kind of talked about a little, little of this the last episode. They really now, granted, we find out later on Swan is not dirty, right. but they go on and on talking about Swan being potentially dirty. So you knew there there had to be some kind of, you know, tying up that part of the the that part right. of the plot soon because they really hammered it uh, the first part of this episode. Yeah, they did. Uh, that was one of the things that they've been hammering. He's like, maybe he's dirty, maybe he's dirty. Look, I will say this. Maybe, I think there's possible that he could still end up being dirty and that this Marlo, Marlo Burns just isn't as clued in and is keyed in as, as she should be but my guess is you're probably correct that he's not well, dirty the fact now. that they tried to kill her i would say she's probably not yeah that would be my guess too so uh yeah. but yeah this opening sequence like i said really good uh we get just the chemistry between these four people uh and even when dominic lombardo ends up having to come in here in the yeah. uh, in the middle of it even though he's not with all four of these people that that often he's still just kind of 
yeah. seamlessly blends in. So, like I said, it's just really good cohesion, and these guys just work really, really well together. I thought it was uh, yeah. a good opening to this thing. So, uh, yeah. and let's give Al Richardson some credit here because he's the star. He's passing the torch. He's allowing this to happen. I'm sure if he was a tyrant, and you know, right. he could be like, "Why are there so many other characters?" You know. Uh, so let, let, let's give him some credit because yeah. obviously he's, he's involved in this. Yeah, I think you're correct with that. I mean, he is obviously saying, you know what, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have to all be completely about me the entire time. So I think you're right about that. Uh, after this scene takes place, they go to a gas station that uh, where they're looking at surveillance footage. This is where we get the line that you mentioned earlier, where uh, yeah, Nigley is uh, not the scooch in type. Uh, let's just talk about that real quick. Are we assuming that they're trying to kind of hint at the fact that she's that she is going to end up being a lesbian in this? Or is that is this another either hint that, that or asexual? Yeah, because uh, yeah, because I, I I think it's going to be more asexual. I think that like she's just like so centered on the work, she doesn't want to get you know tied down to anything. Yeah. I, I could see that too. I could see. I could see it going either way. Uh, but yeah, the asexual thing, I could definitely see that being a possibility. I mean, she's an, she's an attractive lady, uh, and well, because know, we they've mentioned people have touched her and she does not like it. Right. So yeah, so like that may be the case. It could be the fact that she's asexual. So, uh, but when they're uh, looking at this gas station footage. Uh, they notice, or Nigley notices, that she's playing on her Nintendo Switch, that she still has it with her. Uh, she looked at the games previously that she had at her house in episode, was it episode four that they... I think that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, episode four, she remembered that they she saw the Switch game, so she knows that they have, that she has her Switch with her. And basically, what she's got to do is she's got to find out if she can, if they can find out... When she's playing, they can track down where she is by using her IP address. And look, this guys, this stuff is real. It doesn't matter if it's on Switch, if it's on a PlayStation, if it's on Xbox. You have a gamer tag, and they can track you. So this, like I said, this is probably not like making like concerned parents about uh, you know people being able to track their children down. Yeah, uh, really. It's probably not helping them out too much, but uh, it's probably a lot harder to do than what they make it out to be in the show. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and yeah. put that out there. It's probably not nearly as simple as they make it out to be. But uh, but yeah. So her plan is. Let me find out what her her gamer tag is, and if I can find out what her gamer tag is, then I can play a game with her, and we can then try to like track her down her IP address. Uh, it like to, it's a solid plan, but she doesn't have yeah. any way at this point to realize to figure out how to track her down until they're like, ah, she could be signed in somewhere else. Uh, general thoughts on Deagle and her plan. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, also, let's bring up again, you know, they made the, the emphasis of showing those video games yes, and, and neatly pointing those out. So I think the show is doing a good job of throwing out these little clues that are obvious. Right. This isn't like where you watch a show is like, you didn't catch that Easter egg or right. it's like something bizarre that no one else. So they're doing a, a yeah. thing for all of us dummies out there <laughs> that like, hey, look at this video game. Look at the video game. I'm going to talk about this video game. Remember? So the video like, game, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah so i think i like that because that's that's for all of us instead of these bizarre easter eggs and all right a lot of the shows that we like will be like you didn't notice that right it's in the corner yeah uh, like i said you're you're correct about that they do a really good job of you know making things obvious they're not doing they're not trying to be sly about a lot of this stuff and like i said this yeah. just kind of goes back into you know what the purpose of the show is the purpose of the show is not to like be this deep philosophical show that's not what they're trying to do with it they're trying to just give you something right. that's fun that you don't have to think about and if when they 
when they're going to need something that they're going to have to pull out later, they're going to make it really, really obvious at the beginning when they first right. introduce it. You do it. So, like, we get a really, like, they made a really, they had a extended shot of these, like, eight Nintendo Switch video games in episode four. And, like, okay, remember, you're going to need this later on, so let's make sure we make a big deal of yeah. it now. And then when we need it back in episode six, we can go back to it. So, like I said, I, I, I'm all with you. All right, so they're going to go off. They're going to go back to Marlo Burns' house. But before we do that, AM is... I, I'm still calling him AM. I don't really know what we should be calling him at this point, but I'm guessing... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to stick with AM. Uh, he's leaving a rest station, and as he's leaving this rest station, uh, there's a cop at his car, and I immediately felt bad for this yeah. cop because uh, I knew it wasn't one, going to end well. One body count. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, so we're already at one body count. And look, like I said, I, I knew immediately this was not going to end well. Uh, you know, it, at first, the, they give you that little false hope thing where she says, I'm just going to warn you. And he's like, okay, that's great. And he, Because I don't think he really had any in, in desire to kill her but once no. he takes once she takes his license and goes and runs it it's like oh well there she's about to find something out so i've got yeah. to do it at this point and uh, remind me not to i have a parking tag for work when i'm in pennsylvania take that bad boy down <laughs> who knew yeah tell me about it so uh so she goes and runs his license uh because it, when you give a warning they have to they have to put it on record that a warning was given that way if some other cop comes around and says oh i'm just gonna give you a warning oh, it's already been done so i got actually give you a ticket this time around but this ends up costing her her life because as she is waiting for the person at dispatch to come back and give her the information that she's looking for she ends up getting killed uh look this just kind of goes Vernon kingsley we don't get a lot of him in this in this show yeah. i'm really interested to see when we start getting more of him i'm guessing that's probably going to be next episode yeah uh, yeah but He's very sin- yeah, I mean, he's incredibly sound, sinister. Yeah, he's he's close to where they are. Right. Mm. So yeah, he's got to be having a bigger part. Him and Langston have got to get together this next one. Yeah, I would think it's going if it's not this next one, they'll obviously have to be in episode eight. Okay. So, uh, but this just goes into you know, let's talk about what we've gotten from him so far. Uh, Ferdinand Kingsley, whenever he has been on screen, he does a. I don't know. I think he's got a really good career in front of him. Uh, we saw what he did in Silo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he can do this sinister thing, but like he can turn around and like just be the charming, you know, guy right. next door thing that he was doing with like the kids uh, when he's handing them the comic book or whatever. So like he can do so much, so incredibly well in this. So what are your thoughts on him so far? Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, and I realize he was all, he's born in 1988, so he's pretty young. Yeah, he's pretty uh, young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he is a long. Uh, I, I'd see a lot of villains in his future. Yeah, I, I love, that's what's great about just him. I could see him going either way. I mean, he could do. Yeah, yeah. He could do. He, he is do charming. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he's got that part of it down. So, all right. So they get back to uh, Marla Burns' house. Uh, when they get back to her house, uh, Niggly starts going through her games. And look, I still don't understand the, what they're doing with this part of it because they don't. She's not actually playing a switch. She's signed into a uh, a TV and playing the games. Like I said, I think they're taking some real liberties with this part of uh, the yeah. technology. But okay, whatever. Unless they wouldn't got a switch, and I just don't remember them talking about that. Uh, she was. She liked her collection a whole lot. I looked at the games. I was like, okay, I don't know any of those games i have a switch so uh but whatever if they're good that's great uh so niggly's basically she decides she's going to play games until the daughter comes online and while she's doing that dixon and reacher go do what everyone does in a stranger's house they go have sex <laughs> yes 
Well, he also broke one of his rules because it wasn't that firm of a rule. <laughs> it wasn't that firm of a rule. That's true. That uh, was hilarious. Yeah. yeah uh, like I said, uh, it, it's like I said, this is very much a, uh, this is old school, like 80s type stuff. I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I cannot ever imagine like in being in a stranger's house, just in like, you know, if my wife and I were there, the stranger, the person was there just going up and having sex in their room. I just can't imagine ever doing right, something right. like that. But yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. Well, Justin, you never know. The mood might strike you. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, she's had a, she's had a long day. She's had a long week. Uh, it's like, yeah, like you right. said. Right. So. Uh, but yeah. I do love when, uh, when Neely finally like, tracks her down she walks in she's like seriously <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great so uh yeah. but anyway uh wh- how what do we think about the romance part of this uh for this season are are, are you good with it are you are you are you not jiving with it what do you think I, i'm good with it man richard's an, an attractive man you know there are so many people that want to see him shirtless and getting right. it on <laughs> give, give the people what they want <laughs> yeah like uh, here's the i mean it's it's not it's not incredibly well developed it's supposed to just be the it's yeah. the definitely it's definitely the throwaway part of this show uh right because they, they just bring it up every so now every uh every so often that you know uh they're attracted to each other uh it's definitely throw. i i will say this i don't think the romance part is as strong as it was in the first season uh i think a lot of i agree with you there i yeah. think i think well, a there lot was of, more there was more involved in there yeah they were together more and stuff. I agree with you there. I think the I think a lot of this season is better than the first season, except for this one aspect of it. this. Is probably one of the few aspects where I would say the sec- the second yeah. season is a little bit worse. So, and I don't think it has yeah, anything to do. Uh, Go ahead. Oh well, Willow Fitzgerald was really good. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, uh, what's her name is playing uh, playing Dixon. I think it has a lot to do with Surrender Swan. Yeah, thank you, Surrender Swan. I don't think it has anything to do with her. I think it has just more to do with the fact that uh, Willow Fitzgerald was really, really good. And I thought that was also. I thought it was written and she was given more to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, written and developed. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, after this, Russo goes to his lieutenant's house, and this is when we get the reveal of who he's going to visit, and this is also where we get the payoff from episode four uh where they do throw that little scene between he and his lieutenant because uh, you like I said you mentioned this you said that there's yeah. got it's this has to mean something bigger on down the road uh and this is where we get this uh he's going to his senate and turns out because they even mentioned this in episode five at the end of it when reacher yeah. and russo are driving around trying to catch the assassin uh reacher uh, says you know i trust you I, i'm good with you but there's obviously a rat in your house he's the rat lieutenant is the rat and russo yeah. understands this at this point because he says uh he tells him you know and he's not happy about this i mean russo is is no. i mean he's going into his typical dominic lombardozzi you know right. uh, hot tempered uh just flying off the handle type uh, performance he's not happy and even tell you know because he uh tells me the way he determines this he says the only people i told about this stuff was the only people who knew was myself and you and that's it uh and lieutenant's basically trying to get him to come on board and he's not having it uh your thoughts on just this entire interaction Thought it was good. I like that actor who played his boss. He was in The Sopranos. I remember him from that. He he plays in a lot of TV shows. If he he is a long right. you know character actor. Thought it was a good scene. Again, shows that Russo is not dirty, which you know we wanted to show. And it really, again, man, like you mentioned early on, this is giving Dominic his episode, and he shot it, man. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. give him credit. Yeah, and this is my first. This is my. This was the first moment when I started to think. Okay, Dominic Lombardo's character might have some problems going forward because obviously yeah. he's not going on board with Lieutenant. I don't know if Lieutenant's like 
sent someone after him. I don't know. And they kind of hint the fact that they don't think he would have done that. But right. it's obvious that things are not going to end well because somebody, you know, the people who need to know, know that Dominic Lombardo is kind of onto their right. trail along with Reacher. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, this was, I was starting to get a little bit concerned for him at this point. But uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. This is when Lombardo is taking... He's been given some. Uh, he's been given some freedom, a lot more freedom than a lot of other shows have ever given right. him. And he, to his credit, I think he's done a really good job with it. So, and, and I'm sure this was in the book, but this is old school action movie where a whole precinct oh, yeah. and unit of New York cops are retired to be are dirt. Are, are dirty yeah. on the job, retired to go work somewhere else and be even dirtier. Like, oh, yeah. I, I know this has been in some other movies. I, I feel like Die Hard 2, this is a big plot. It in may that. Be. But I, like, I uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I've, honestly, it's, it, it's in a lot of movies. And it feels like, honestly, this is like straight off Hunter. <laughs> I'll be really honest with you. The old ladies action show, uh, Hunter. Uh, yeah, yeah. It right. feels like something like straight right. off that. Oh, so. yeah, I remember. Fred, Fred, uh, Fred Dreyer. Fred Dreyer, yeah. Uh, so then we get this week's flashback, uh, and this one's a relatively short flashback. So they basically mm-hmm. have closed up the investigation they're doing that they keep going back to repeatedly. They're, they're closing up the investigation. They've determined they found everybody they need to find. They've got all the they've got all the drugs. Everything is wrapped up with a nice little bow on it. And then the guy who's kind of been over, who's kind of been in charge of Reacher, the, I don't know what I don't remember what his name is or what rank he has. Yeah. He basically comes in. And in the name of military politics, he's basically going to shut it down. There's not going to be any real, uh, there's, they're not really going to be doing anything to anybody uh, because whoever it is who's in charge, like the ultimate guy in charge, uh, this would look poorly on him if this was all going on under his watch. And Reacher is not happy to say the least. No, 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 he's not. Yeah. And this is just, you know, showing us that. Sometimes it can look like a perfect case and it can still go bad. Yes, it can. Um, you know, and credit to Reacher because he could have turned that guy into a human pretzel if he wanted to. Yes, he could have. Yes. <laughs> but, but he decides not to. Uh, yeah. Like I said, that's, you know, it takes a lot of restraint on Reacher and just goes to show, you know, he has a lot of respect for military chain and command right. and all that type of stuff. Even yes. though he yes. was as hot as he could be about this, he yes. ultimately backs yes. down and says, all right, yes, sir, whatever. Uh, so. All right. What a guy. Yeah, what a guy. So, all right. Uh, tell you what, let's go ahead and take our break here, and we'll come back and finish the rest of the episode. All right. So, uh, basically, at this point, uh, we know Reacher uh, and Swan, they, they didn't talk after this takes place. Uh, and he she knows Reacher doesn't want to kill Swan. Uh, not Reacher and Swan. Uh, Reacher and uh, Dixon talk. Dixon, yeah. Yeah, so after the flashback, Reacher and Dixon are talking. They're discussing things. And in the course of this conversation, you know, Dixon is obviously understands that, uh, you know, if Swan ends up being ends up being dirty like they have been suspecting all along and if he ends up dirty reacher obviously will not want to kill him because he was one of her her guys um and while they're doing this you know she says you know once he gets to this point i'll uh i'll be the one to take the shot i'll be the one to take him down uh i didn't really know what to make of reacher's reaction to that what did you what is it i don't know it was just a kind of a he didn't really say anything he didn't really look anything up for your thoughts so yeah, I think he's he's so upset about you know Swan really being dirty that he's he's committing to you know 
taking him down. But right. I, 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 I just think he's really upset about it. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right about that. So this is when Nigley busts in and uh, says that they finally found the daughter. They've she's been playing games with her and says that she's not very good. You know, she's like eight or nine years old. Nigley, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, they cut the girl <laughs> some slack and she's she's running for N- her life. Let's give her a little. N- Nigley would be the one that would take out your children, <laughs> your young children, playing shoots and ladders and Candyland. Oh, yeah, and most likely throw the board over if if they tried to win. Yes, you're you're 100% correct about that. So, uh, but they've tracked down Marlo and her daughter. Uh, they are at the home of a very very gay man. Uh, that is quite obvious uh, from the get go. Uh, and Chad. Yeah, Chad, thank you. I didn't write his name down. Uh, but they're at Chad's house, and the crew tracks them down, and they try to convince Chad to help him, but he's very, very reluctant because Marlo has not been completely forthcoming about why she is there to begin with, yeah. um, and threatening to shoot him with a fake silencer that uh, when like he yeah. was going through, is like, is this supposed to really work? Because I was like sitting there like, there's no possible way this is a silencer. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. That it was, was like funny. A, a water balloon or something like that. I don't remember yeah. what it was. A water bottle. That's what it was. It's a water bottle. Yeah, it's a water bottle. Yeah. Uh, but when they when that finally convinces uh, Chad to go get her. Uh, and then when Marlo comes in, she suggests that Swan is the best because he's been trying to stop this all along. And this is when Reacher is like taking his like victory lap. Oh, he's yeah. kind of looking he around. Was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Marla tells uh, how Little Wing uh, chips were being marked as defective to get the chips taken away to be sold. And this is how this is how the plan is being worked. Is and this is where the six fifteen. This is where the tallying comes yeah. in. So all this stuff is finally starting to kind of come together and kind of make sense. Uh, your whole thoughts on just this entire uh, sequence of events? Yeah. So you know we finally got proof that Swan is not dirty. Now, granted, I'm assuming Swan is alive. Yeah, that would be uh, I, I, just, too. I, I can't imagine they kill him off screen. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, sorry about that, but yeah, I, I, we have to see Swan at the end. Swan has to be alive, and and they have to be able to rescue him. But you know, here we get more things about Swan, and again, they kind of make the plot easy to understand. They're def- they're making these defective so they can sell them later on. Yeah. So, like I said, well, it's not that they're actually defective. It's just that they're right. They're, they're marking them. As yeah, defective. they're getting marked as defective, so that they, they, it's easier to get them uh, put right. done away, getting moved off the side, and getting them uh, yeah. marked for being destroyed. And they're actually going to just take them and, and sell them. So, yeah. Uh, we'll get Robert Patrick back, and this is this is probably the lot most we've seen him in in yeah, any of these really. episodes. Yeah. Uh, and basically, what they decide to do is they're going to use Marlowe to trap him. Is what they're going to do, and yeah. uh, you know. When they go to Russo's house, they drop him off. Uh, Reacher wants to basically drop Jane off with Russo, which is her daughter. Uh, he bristles at this initially, but he eventually agrees because he knows he has to get out of town himself. He he had his meeting with his lieutenant. He knows that things are probably not going. Things are probably going to start getting bad for him relatively yeah. soon, so he's got to get out of town himself. So he's just going to take the daughter with him, like I said. So, look again. This is. They're giving uh, Lombardozzi a lot of opportunities here, and he's doing a really good job with it. Uh, you know, this very you can easily see that you know this single guy who has no children of his own. You know, being around probably an eight or nine year old girl is not going to be something that is just yeah. high on his to do list. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, but he knows he's got to get out of town, so he'll just take her along with him. Uh, yeah. And I do like the fact that they address this because Reacher and Neagley, when they are when they are getting ready to leave, they look at each other and they say, "If this goes poorly, we're leaving this gutter, this little girl without a mother." So, like I said, I'm, I'm yeah. glad they're yeah. uh, they're yeah, I'm glad they address that. They're addressing yeah. it. But what were your thoughts on just uh, on this section? 
Yeah, I thought the same thing. Should we ever leave a single 40-something white male with a junk show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, you're at Statistics des- say no. Yeah, you're, you're at a desperate point when that is your best plan of action, to say the least. Uh, I'm with you on that. So, uh, But, yeah, like I said, you know, they know, what, they know what's coming. They know it's going to yeah. be bad. And, and, and it, uh, they immediately uh, start uh, switching from Marla's meeting with Langston and Russo. Uh, oh, I'm ahead of myself. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, I wasn't really too concerned about it. Like I said, I, I felt like this was going to probably wrap itself up uh, relatively quickly anyway. Because you mentioned earlier, because this is the point when they talk about, you know, getting in the fight. And he's like, I'll give him yeah. the first punch. So, this is when they you, you when, really... When him and Reacher are on the same team and Reacher is giving his props, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you you know things are going to probably go kind of poorly at that point. Action movie red flag right there. Exactly. Action movie red flag. So, uh, so we go from Marlowe's meeting... Uh, uh, and uh, uh, with Langston, and we're we have Russo leaving as well. And this is you, you've got a lot of switching going back and forth. So yeah. you got them, you've got uh, Russo, and what was the daughter's name again? I just said it. Uh, Jane. Jane. You got you got Russo and Jane trying to get their stuff together, trying to get loaded up to get out. And, and, you, and you see a car immediately follow them. Yeah, you see a car immediately follow them. They're switching back to uh, to Marlo being. Uh, at this whatever this place was this facility i don't even know what it was trucking yeah it looked like a trucking company or something or a train station with like those cargo uh things on it i don't know like i said so there's a lot of switching and when you're doing this much switching it's always like something's about to happen at this point right and we immediately see that somebody is chasing russo and jane uh and while they're chasing marlon jane uh russo calls Reacher and he's trying to explain to him, you know, we got we got uh, heat on our tail. We got somebody's coming at us. He's like, I don't know who it is that's shooting at us. And he's like, I don't know if it's because Reacher asked him, is it the cops or is it Langston's? Me? He's like, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't really matter yeah. at this point. Uh, and th- th- when uh, Marlo hears this going on, she starts to freak out. And this is when Langston realizes that things are going badly. Yeah. Uh, and this is when it just basically just leads to the big huge action scene. Um, right. And like I said really good stuff and this is also one of the things that they do so well is they could have just made this a gunfight and it would have worked right. perfectly fine but by getting everybody else off the board basically and leaving Reacher there on his own without really except with just one little gun he is going to one of the things that makes him so intimidating is not just his physical presence, but the fact that they do a really good job. Of, I think they did better at this in the first season, but in letting us know, this guy is really, really intelligent. Right. Uh, so he was able to sneak up all to each person. Yeah. So he's going to be intelligent in the way that he approaches this, even though he is huge and he is gigantic. Uh, he can't take out four or five people at once. It's just not going right. to happen. So he uses his brain as much as his brawn to take these guys out. And I thought this was one of the better action sequences yeah. of, the, of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. It was very Schwarzenegger-esque yeah. uh, how he would take out people in action, maybe sneaking up on them, but you know, cutting their throats and everything. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I thought it was good. And of course, Langston able the the old man somehow right. able to sneak out, <laughs> you know, escapes from helicopter. Oh yeah, like I said, I mean, and I was wondering, it's like, okay, are, are we really having the, the showdown with Langston and Reacher here? Yeah. Like, look, Langston is not going to beat Reacher in a physical fight. He's just no, not. no. Uh, if they try to, it kind of felt like we were going to get to that though. I thought I, it for did. a second, it, uh, I was like, okay, we're going to kill out Robert Patrick. Yeah, that's what I thought for a second. Then, then obviously the, the helicopter comes in, uh, saves them, and this is another this is another wonderful trope. You get on a helicopter, you start shooting at each other, and nobody can right. do anything. I know, I know, it really is. 
Yeah, you were thinking real life. Somebody's going to knock down a helicopter pretty like hit the gas. Or or the guy in the helicopter is going to be able to shoot the guy on the ground. Right. Yeah, you would think, yes. But like neither of them are able to hit each other. Yeah. Like I said, like they're they're just sitting there, like not scared of it at all. Like I'm just going to keep shooting. Like I said, uh, I would imagine in real life that is not the way it actually is. No, no, I can't imagine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so uh, basically at this point, uh, you know. Russo, we didn't go back to Russo. Russo is trying his best to evade whoever it is that's chasing him. Uh, they get him cornered, and he is waiting on the rest of the crew to get there. They're talking on the phone. That he's trying to explain where he is. Uh, there is a huge sense of urgency. This is one of the better scenes of the entire season, if you ask me. Yeah, I think uh, so. And he is doing his best to try to you know tell them where he is. Uh, and he gets caught in this corner uh, where he's got no way to go. So he gets Jane out of the car and they're basically camped behind it. And you see at one moment, he takes a moment, he thinks the only way that this girl gets out alive is yeah. if I just go in and do the sacrificial play. And it was a really great moment from him from yeah. like you said just another this is the, the cap of his entire great uh performance like right. I said the moment he, you just you can see it on him he's like i've got to i've got to i've got to sacrifice myself yeah. for this girl and because yeah. uh, they're getting closer to shooting yeah I mean, she's hiding in the back but even then she's they're they're getting close to her right so he basically tells her you've got to run and she's like i can't i can't she's like and he basically tells her you know I will not let anything happen to you. It is like the one thing I will promise. I will not let anything happen to you. And so he goes out and he starts uh, going towards him shooting. He ends up getting shot a couple of times. Uh, Poor Jane. She ends up getting cornered by one of the henchmen. We don't know who it is, but right as he's getting ready to shoot, because he even tells her, you know, life's not always fair, kid. And then he gets pummeled by an eagle. That was so awesome. (laughs) Anytime a villain mouths off, you know, something bad's going to happen to them. And I, I love it each time. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. And but uh, obviously, just you know, an incredibly sad moment. Neagley's emotionally torn apart. Well, I was going to say, and what did we see? Neagley, who doesn't like to be touched, right, grabs his hand and holds it as he does. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said. Uh, we talked about a lot about Michael Lomb- uh, Dominic Lombardo. Is he just you know, like I said, one of the best performances I've ever seen from him. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe this will lead to some bigger things for him in the future. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind it because, like I said, he shows up in so many things, and he yeah. always has these typical types of roles. Right. And look, he'll he'll make a he'll be able to play these for the next twenty years. I think he's like in his yeah. fifties. But uh, like I said, I hope this will lead more to him. But what were your just yeah. thoughts on the ending? Yeah, I thought he he did a fantastic job. I'm actually gonna miss him the last two episodes. I thought he was a good addition. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by his addition. I, I really was. So, all right, uh, I guess that wraps it up for this episode. Unless there's anything else you want to uh, discuss? Body count. I got eight. Okay, eight. Okay, so that's where we were for episode four too. Yeah, so, so we had one. Uh, Emma. Emma. Uh, what's his name? Am took a. out one. He took out one. And then we had. Then we had the three cops, and then. Th- we had three cops and then people at uh, Reacher, the people going after Reacher. Yeah, so you, you're correct. So, All right, shall we do our weekly awards then? Let's do it. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we're covering a season of a television show, we give out three weekly awards. Up first is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP for the week. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. kind of hinted at this last week, but who's your MVP for this week? It's Dominic Lombardoza, who <laughs> is... Uh, 
47 years old. I okay. just looked it up. I thought he was around 50. So he, he's same yeah. age as you, I guess, then. So. Yes, I, I'm actually a, a few days older than him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, he's, like I said, when I watched this, like, when I watched this episode, I was like, oh, it's, this is an easy call yeah. this week. Uh, you know, we, we end up giving it to Alan Richardson so much because he deserves it for yeah. a lot of this. But, you know, this, right. is, this is one where you can easily give it to uh, yeah. Dominic Lombardo. So. And Justin, when I said it, he was. I was a few days older. I was hoping you'd say you look much younger, but you didn't. So. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Whenever you have somebody bald, I can never tell how old they actually are. So, I mean, uh, there you could tell me this man was 25 years old. You could tell me he was 35 years old. Yeah, he was on the wire in his early twenties, and he looked about the same. Yeah, so. I mean, if when you don't have any hair, you can tell me you're thirty five or you're fifty five, right. and I will well, not know. I will have yeah. no clue. So, yeah. uh, all right. Next is the Agatha All Along, the best scene of the week. It's got to be the start, the the, the shootouts, the the action scene at the end. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely that one. So, uh, the like I said, for basically like the last ten minutes, this thing is pretty good from from uh, start to finish. So. All right, the if you come at the king, you best not miss. What's your best line for this week? So this was a fantastic line that we have not brought up yet, and it uh, it involved Marlo and the crew. Where Marlo says, "I laughed. I had to rewind this because I was laughing so hard." Because this this is why I love the show. Langston is vicious. He ha- he has helped unsavory people, so he has people in his back pocket like a biker gang. Took them out in Boston. A professional <laughs> oh, yeah. hitman yeah. in a in a Brooklyn cemetery. Yeah, and that. a bunch of lowlifes who would do anything for him. They're buried in a construction <laughs> site right, in yeah. yeah, I loved every second of that. I had to rewind it. Yeah, that, that was a great exchange. That was a totally great exchange. Uh, just absolutely They've fantastic. They've killed them all. They've killed them all. Uh, they keep coming up with henchmen, and he keep, they keep killing every single one of them. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that. You're right. That's what makes this show just like it's yeah. it's one thing just to be a really great. And, you know, full of action set pieces. It's great to have like humor baked into this thing as and, well, like they do for that. So, yeah. and let me just say, it's been so fun to watch because we talked briefly about this last week. I'll mention it again. When people start watching Reacher on Twitter, that people you follow, and right. they're always like, "My God, the <laughs> violence! The, what, what is this?" It's like his biggest uh, weakness is that he's so big, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would yep, think yeah, that's it. That's that's his. He's so big that there's nobody can hide or anything. So, yeah. all right, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, good stuff all around. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and get into our rating for this week. Uh, rating time here on the Main Attraction Podcast. The top of our rating system is a succession. Beneath the succession is a loss. Middle of the road for us is a friends. Uh, beneath friends is a full house and bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. what would you rate uh reacher season two so far after uh six episodes i'm sticking with the loss but i'm telling you man they might get me to a succession they might get me to it it's closer than i would have thought uh coming into it but you're right it's still lost uh just if i mean I, i don't know this is where it gets so difficult because like if I'm just talking about just how much am I entertained while watching it, you know, I could make the case of this being in succession, but like I said, there's just like there's no depth to it, and that's where I just get so hung up. Especially on it. since we're watching Slow Horses and Fargo. At the yeah, same especially time. Fargo while going on the same time, which <laughs> yeah. has tons of depth to it. So, yeah. uh, like I said, that's just where that's that's the well, hard part about this. This is one of the most enjoyable watches you will ever have. Oh yeah, yeah. You it's you sit down and you're entertained. I mean, you yeah. know, to answer Russell Crowe. Yes, I am entertained. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yes, yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, so this is when is this going to air? This is going to air the first weekend, the first weekend in January. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I'll be honest. I forgot to look ahead to see what would be good for uh, upcoming stuff. Do you got anything? Got stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll bring. I'll bring up two things. Uh, the holdovers is on Peacock now. Okay. Yeah. That's. I'm glad you mentioned that because that actually is something I'm looking forward to because I, I was actually going to go watch it and I was like, then I yeah. saw I was like, oh, it's coming to Peacock on uh, December 29th. I was like, oh, I'll just yeah. wait till then. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So that's coming out. Uh, will be out by the time you're listening to this. So yeah, definitely go if you have Peacock. Watch that. It is fantastic. Uh, the Equalizer Three is dropping on Netflix January 1st. Oh, is it? Okay. I didn't realize yeah, that. So I, yes, I'm looking forward to that. I've enjoyed that series a lot. Uh, and, and in the same realm, The Beekeeper, starring uh, Jason, Jason Statham, Statham. Yeah. comes out January 12th. I may have to make it to the theater. That <laughs> movie looks insane. Seen- I don't know where we've come up with these premises of like a, a former b- uh, beekeeper is actually a hidden right. uh, operative. Like, yes, I'm in. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, that's like, what can we get Jason Statham to do just crazy stuff uh, on? And that's what that's what they do. So, uh, yeah, I, like I said, that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the things I'm looking forward to. It uh, obviously on this it's the day that we're recording it. Uh, I will hopefully watch it before uh, yeah. we actually this show actually releases because I do want to see the whole. I heard a lot of really yeah, good things about really, it. Really, really good. So, all right, uh, I guess that wraps us up for this week. Then, anything else you want to share before we sign off? Yeah, appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I'll look at those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.